Welcome to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs from Steadfast Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we show high-level executives and business owners why comprehensive financial planning and executive bonus structures don't have to be too good to be true. Keith draws on his experience in realistic financial planning, and expert guests share his two cents about academically-based financial planning that you have to hear to believe. Now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. This is Keith Beggs, founder and CEO of Steadfast Wealth Strategies and the host of the My Two Cents podcast. Uh, We have been in our business owner series for the last three weeks, uh, but we're blessed with just a tremendous opportunity to have a great guest on today. Uh, So we're taking a little break from that series and we'll be back on that uh, coming up in the next episode. Uh, Today, we have Patrick Kelly. He's the best-selling author of seven books. First one was Tax-Free Retirement, The Retirement Miracle, Stress-Free Retirement, The Five Retirement Myths, Secrets to Seven Secrets to a Happy Retirement, The Life Insurance Dilemma, and then Tax-Free Retirement, the 10th Anniversary Edition. Uh, Altogether, there's over a million copies out there nationwide. He's one of the most sought-after speakers and trainers delivering his message to over 150,000 different financial advisors coast to coast. And just just really exciting uh, to have him on. Patrick, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for the introduction. It's good to be with you today. Yes, thank you. So um, if you weren't able to tell uh, from the intro, Patrick does a lot of his books about retirement. Uh, he puts it right there. <laughs> you know, as you were listing them off, I thought, wow, I sort of am a, am a one-string guitar, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't realize it until you read them all in a row, right? <laughs> uh, so, so Patrick, I wanted to start with, you know, no one ever probably, you know, is in high school and middle school that thinks about writing or being an author uh, sets out to be a retirement or financial author. Um, you know, that's a, that's a unique kind of niche that, that you've kind of fallen into and then been very successful with. Uh, so if we get a little bit of background about how that became about, that'd be great. You bet. Well, that's a pretty astute recognition, honestly, because that was the last thing from my mind. Now, I will tell you, I was always fascinated with writing, uh, even when I hated it during high school. Um, even when I was a little kid, I thought, you know, someday I'd like to write a book. I just like the art of writing. However, like you said, you know, just to show how far away I was from that when I was in uh, college, my dad begged me to take a business class. And I said, I'm never going to be in business, dad. And if I'm in business, I'll never be in sales. So I didn't even take a single class. So to be a, a sort of an author on a business topic is is kind of comical. But what I, as life has it for most of us, you know, we find ourselves sometimes doing things that we wouldn't have expected. And so at a young age after college, I was newly married. Uh, My wife was a social worker and I didn't want to be a complete freeloader. So I assisted a friend of mine, more of an acquaintance really, who was starting an insurance agency. And while I was working on my graduate degree, because at that time I did decide that I didn't want to write and teach uh, probably at the collegiate level is what I was thinking about. And so I started working in this insurance office and found that everything I really wanted to do in connecting with people, I was able to do in this environment better than I was able to do, certainly staying in school and where I thought I was going to be as a professor. So I said yes to that after a number of years of kind of resisting it. Then I'll fast forward 15 years into my career. So I was 15 years in, I'd, I'd been a pretty successful you know, advisor and agent during that time, but I was sharing a concept that I didn't create but one that had been around for some time, but no one had ever really 
made it mainstream. And it was an incredibly powerful strategy of how people could uh, put after-tax money away today in any amount they wanted to based on some other parameters and be able to access it tax-free in the future using life insurance. And there'd been so much negative press on life insurance out there. People either didn't give it the time of day to look into it, or quite frankly, they'd never heard about it. And so I was sharing this concept about, I've been doing this 30 years now, about 15 years in, so halfway through my career or my now career. And people would ask me the question, come on, Patrick, if this is what you say it is, if this is as good as what you're telling me, how is it possible that I've never heard about this before? And so we had a bookstore in our town and I, I thought, you know what? I got to find some other voice that is validating what I'm saying. And so I went to the bookstore and spent all afternoon looking through the business and finance section and found, to my surprise, not a single book had been written on this topic, which I found shocking. And so what I did, I, I made a decision then, you know, I like to write. And here was this need professionally. And I wrote this 172-page book. And then I'll just wrap it up with this other sort of funny part. I never intended to publish it. I intended to use it with my own clients. And so as, as I'd meet with people, share the concept, I would literally hit print on my computer, print off 172 pages, have one of my team members three-hole punch it, put it in a notebook, and send it home. Until one day I had someone say to me, you know, Patrick, uh, of course, you're going to say the same thing as you're telling me in person, as you will in the writing. You're the same person. I want someone else to validate what you're telling me. Well, other agents had been talking about this concept. So I reached out to a few of them, 40 or 50, actually, quite a few of, of peers in the industry and sent them the manuscript and said, hey, would this be helpful to you if I publish this? And overwhelmingly, for the most part, they said, oh my goodness, this is what we've been wanting and what we've been needing. And so that's how it came about uh, about 14 years ago now. Yeah, you know, it, you said something in there that I find very interesting, and that is, uh, you know, there's not really much out there about life insurance uh, in the written space for sure. And then what you do here, especially coming out of New York and the Wall Street, right? It just has a really big kind of negative connotation on it. And, you know, and they've worked very hard and spent a lot of money to really just make the name life insurance uh, kind of give people like a, a you know, kind of a, a cringe, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the biggest hurdles, that, um, I think the biggest hurdle uh, when, when we're talking to someone about these type of concepts is not the design, it's the name. It's yeah. it's the name and the label that it gets. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that, maybe from personal experience. Well, you know, sometimes people, back to that original question, why have I never heard about it before? You know, that's a really good question. I don't know that I have the answer, but I would say in my, so in the last 15 years, as I've been training advisors and you gave some of those numbers, and I think they're actually probably pretty low. I've probably trained two or 300,000 advisors over, you know, the last 15 years. And one thing that I found is the advisors themselves, the people that are in this space, don't really understand the full power of how life insurance, beyond being a great uh, you know, provider of death benefit, how it can build wealth and really how significantly it, it can help in the area of tax diversification. And so if the people that are licensed to sell it don't understand it, 
I can assure you Wall Street and the other money managers, not only does it not serve them because that's not their space, they of course want the money and so they're not talking about life insurance, but they don't understand it for sure. I mean, the vast majority of people really don't understand the true value and power of using, if it's done properly, life insurance in a way that not only provides kind of a, an instant estate, if you will, a, a, a death benefit, but also uh, some incredible wealth building tools that, and I, I glossed over this term, and I think we might want to spend some time on it here, but the term tax diversification. People spend a lot of time diversifying assets, but they really haven't thought about diversifying future tax implications. And that's really one of my big message points. And one other thing that I wanted to share on that topic too, when you, you say why, you know, it hasn't been uh, talked about, or if it is talked about, it's talked about negatively. I, I will say this, that life insurance has not done everything perfectly over the years. They have made some mistakes. When it comes to these permanent policies, these cash building policies, the first one, which was interest rate based, was rolled out during the, the early 80s when interest rates were 14, 15%. And if people were basing their future on that, well, you know, those didn't do very well. So they came out with a second version of that uh, right in the 90s that was based on uh, the kind of market participation with potential downside if the market went down right when the tech bubble was happening. So their timing as they were as the life insurance industry was chasing kind of what was hot at the moment, I think they were poorly timed. But that has since been corrected. And really the products that are out today have some incredible protections built into them. They're and we can talk about this later. I don't want to get into the design of it, but the ability to you know grow when the market's up, but not lose any when the market's down. So it's so those negative connotations don't come out of the blue, but people that are speaking them really don't know enough about the product to realize that those are not founded in today's marketplace. Right. You know, one of the themes with with both the uh, the life insurance and the annuity products you talk about is that indexing uh, feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and that's something that hasn't been around since the eighties, right? I mean, the, the concept has been there, but to bring it onto these type of flat platforms, um, is really probably over the last 20, 25 years, um, that you've really been seeing that being introduced. And I, I think it's, it's really changed the dynamic and the value of what you're able to do inside of these products. Um, when you can say that we can not experience market loss, um, and, and so I agree with you on that, with the timing of some of the other ones and, and the variable, there's some things that could, that could make these things go haywire quickly. But when they figured out how to eliminate the market risk on these products, um, the, the, the value of the products and the success of the products, I think, jumped exponentially. Right. The performance has spoken for itself. And I think, you know, it's funny as we're talking about my books that you introduced, you know, the an idea of reading a book about life insurance or annuities or retirement really sounds like, you know, right there, like, you know, sleep aids. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, I, what I would say to your list, listeners is that one of the things I've tried to do with my books is make them fun, make them uh, something that's important and significant to them today. So that's it's tangible tools. It's insight, but to also make it fun and, and because no one wants to read a boring book. But what I've tried to do is 
take these very things like you mentioned, because people ask uh, questions like, you know, how is a company able to give you growth when the market is up, but no loss when the market is down? Well, the simple answer to that is none of the money's in the market. Now you're going to have to reach out to Keith and ask for a book to find out, you know, how, how that works, but because uh, we don't have time to get into it today. But so I've really tried to make these books about answering people's questions to, to show them this sort of hidden asset class that a lot of them don't know is even available. Now, again, it's not for all their money. Nothing's for all their money. It's for a portion of their money um, that can help offset some of the other things that I think what they're currently doing may not take care of. You know, that's, that's such a key point. I, we, I tell this uh, to people all the time. I had a conversation with a gentleman today uh, about this as well, that there is not a perfect investment. Otherwise, there would, no be financial, there would not be a financial industry in terms of advisor. We'd all just right. use the perfect investment, right? But what you're doing here is you're building a puzzle. And some of these financial vehicles have really good benefits um, and you have to figure out, you know, how to put this all together to to put together your whole retirement or financial puzzle. Um, it can't just all be one one big piece. Um, that's I think exactly that's where, right. Where a lot of people um, get in trouble. To kind of piggyback off what you said about, you know, trying to make the books more fun. I think one of the things that you do great in your books is kind of bring some real life um, scenarios um, in, in, into uh, into the fold or explain them so people can kind of see, okay, how does this actually work for somebody, right? Not just mm-hmm. conceptually, how is this maybe played out for someone? And, and one of the, in one of the books, uh, stress-free retirement, you know, I think it's Judy um, that you yeah. talk about and you kind of just going back with the indexing here and not experience the losses. Um, you know, she's got that such a great gain one year and she, and the advisor, I don't know if this is, um, if you were the advisor in this, but no, nope, it's a good about, friend of mine though. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and just talks about how the, you know, the market was up and she got a good portion of the market. And so that didn't seem like that big a deal to her. The market was up. Yeah. We got some of the market. And so she was kind of ho-hum to, to that side of the benefit. Um, but what really came into play was the next year when the market was down and she didn't experience that all of a sudden she was you know, really diving into what, you know, what he had done and what they had decided to do and the value that they brought sure. her. The, the goal is, right, we don't want people to have to lose money somewhere else before they realize the value of not, <laughs> of not losing money. But I think you know, th- those are things that people can hold on to um, and, and, and really kind of understand as they move forward. Yeah, I think you know, just touching on that, I mean, you did a good job summarizing the chapter. Matter of fact, the chapter is chapter two, and the title is a whole hum 17%. Um, but I think what the chapter illustrates is that you know we're, these products are not designed to capture 100% of the market's gains. And so you know in this case, if the market is up, well, actually in this case, she received 17%. Those are hard to come by today. But let's say the market's up uh, 7% and a client achieves 4.5%. So they get part of the market return. You know, they're going to look at that if all the market does, which we've experienced over the last number of years, obviously with this long protracted bull market, other than, you know, as we sort of began here in 2022. But, you know, they're going to go, okay, I guess that's fine. You know, it's not going to excite them because they didn't, they see the markets did better. But here's where it comes into play is when the market, in her case, it was in 2008 and 9, the market was down 36%. And while the earning 17% for her, when the market did like 25 or 24, that didn't excite her. 
when she didn't lose a single penny, when the market went down 35%, that's when she saw the value. And I guess as I talk to clients and what my books try to point out is the winning strategy long-term in building wealth is not hitting a home run. It's uh, never getting a strikeout. If we can hit singles and doubles all day long, just continue with the baseball analogy here, and never have a strikeout, think about that. That would win. If you could send people to the plate and they get single after single after single after single with never a strikeout or never an out, they're going to win every game because they just keep walking around the bases. It's these strategies that look good in the years that are good, but they can be really you know, detrimental in the years that are bad. I'll take singles and doubles all day long that without a loss. And there are ways for uh, consumers to do that. And these are the ways you talk about. I'm sure that you're sharing with, with your customers. And uh, they are not to be overlooked because they are some of the most powerful strategies that I've discovered in my 30 years as I've sort of researched. Oh, by the way, can I add one other thing just came to mind that yeah. I think is pertinent to this? You know, I talked about the book and how it came about. But let me, I should really tell you how I discovered the strategy to begin with. I had uh, listened to a friend of mine who was a stockbroker, and I had, this is back during the tech, you know, bubble, if you will. I had made some good choices on some stocks. They were doing well. Had I kept my choice, um, I would have tripled my money during the year that the market was crashing. But I listened to him. And I lost it all. And it was a significant amount of money because I took his advice. Because he said, you know, his analyst at their company was, this was the number one stock in their space. And, and going through that, I said, you know, I'm never doing this again. I want to spend a year. And I was licensed in just about everything. And I knew all the different products. And, you know, I'd everything from commodities and options to stocks and uh, life insurance. I sold life insurance, but here, as I spent a year really saying, okay, what can I do to build long-term wealth without the risk of loss? So I never experience this again. At the end of that year, I realized that the tool that was best suited for that was the tool that I had to offer that was sitting under my nose for all of that time. And shame on me, I didn't understand it. So it really became my mission, if you will, to not only tell consumers, but to share with other agents the power that they have in their own product. And, and that's really where I have spent the last you know, 20 years of my career really kind of being a, a missionary, if you will, for this concept because it's so powerful. And I want to make sure everyone understands that they can make this part of their portfolio. I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think there's some things you, you can add there. You know, we're talking a lot about retirement for, for these people. And when you um, add in the element of income and needing these, this money or these um, products for, to produce income, the, the pain that is experienced with market loss on top of income um, is dramatically increased over just um, taking out your income, you know, and having a flat year, like we talked about, or a zero, right. it, it just becomes incredibly hard for them to bounce back if they have a couple of these withdrawals or this income need um, in these bad years. And, and so I think it really magnifies the importance of this, you know, right. and, and, and becoming more risk adverse as we get older. I, I was talking to a gentleman the other day, my son 
just turned five. And so we had his birthday at a trampoline park. Well, at five years old, I would have loved a trampoline park. I was not very, <laughs> I was not very risk adverse, right? I would have been all yep, over the place. Now I'm turning 40 in a couple months and I'm highly risk adverse and I was never been more scared <laughs> in a long time, bouncing around and doing all this stuff. Cause you know, I, you just don't want to take those risks. We took those risks earlier on. A lot of the clients have, have taken a lot of risk to build this wealth and they kind of reach that point where they're looking for some other options out there. And typically what they're being told is, you know, we have some bonds over here. We got some CDs over here, maybe a REIT. And none of those are offering the tax benefits that they want or the security that they want. And so, so I think they're really looking for these type of, of products. Um, and that's really-, really what these products, both the life insurance and the annuity, that the proper one, the indexed ones that we're talking about step in. They're really not a replacement for money that's in the market. They're a replacement in many cases for safe money because they are safe money. Um, And they're going to provide, in most cases, an inflation beating return. Uh, As long as inflation stays within reason here, we'll see where that goes. (laughs) Um, But inflation beating return uh, without any risk. And that's ultimately what, what people are looking for. You know, a couple, one thought in the front of the book that you mentioned, stress-free retirement, I have a quote and that quote is it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. I love that quote because I think it's so true to what the people that you're referring to, they've spent all of this time and all of these years building wealth and they've taken risks to do it. Now that it's built, the markets have been so good to them if they've had money in the market over this last decade, essentially. Take the money that you can't afford to lose for retirement and put it somewhere safe. Don't wait till the markets hemorrhage and go down. And don't think because they've gone down a little, they can't go down more. I mean, that's been the mistake over the years. They always Markets always go in one direction further than we think they should, both when it's a bear market and when it's a bull market. So um, it's better to position money to safety now before the rains come than it is after you're in the middle of it. And that's what happened in both the tech bubble and really the great financial crisis of 2000, you know, nine, uh, eight, nine, and into 10, even a little but mostly eight, nine, is people were selling at these lows because they held on, held on, held on to try and make it back. And then finally, when they gave up, it was the time the market turned. So do it when the markets are high, which is right now. Yeah, de- definitely. You don't want to wait till you experience the loss to start protecting your assets. Um, that, right. that's, just, that's just not the way to go. Um, so, so, Patrick, you know, when, when you write a book, it, you know, especially in a, a financial book, you know, I, I'll, I'll use Harry Dean here. He's written quite a few predictors and financial books that have come that turned out didn't, didn't produce or, or line up pretty well. Um, but now that you've had a chance, right, you wrote the book in 2007, we're 15 years later now. Mm. So you've got to see it live out. And you've probably heard from a number of people that were taking your advice back then. And then I have experienced um, this relationship with these products for 15 years. Um, what's that feeling like when you hear back from people and, and mm. the products and the designs have worked um, the way that you told them they will work? What's that kind of feedback that you're getting? Yeah, I appreciate you recognizing that. I mean, obviously, it's a, a rewarding feeling to feel like what you were trying to communicate to people was not only heard, but was acted upon, and now they're thankful for. But if I could take a moment in that and, and highlight another thing that um, it sounds like I'm tooting my horn, but I'm not, but I was really right on it, and it's only it's only 
escalating and speeding up. One of my big, um, I'm trying to think of even the right, you know, sounding the alarm, if you will, back 14 years ago was what I saw happening to the national debt. And that was really a big reason when I talk about tax diversification, that's another reason that I'm such a fan of wanting to see people get some of their money into these tools because it allows them to pay tax at today's rates and then access all of their money, both the contribution and the gain in the future, whatever date that future might be, without worrying about what tax rates might do. And I said, one of the things I thought we were going to have as a driver for future tax rates, because the country is no different than a household or a business. They have income coming in and income or expenses going out. And if you know, if you're running behind, you either need to reduce expenses or increase income. Well, I did a webinar for a company yesterday to show that in 2007, when I published my book, our national debt was at $9 trillion. Now, if you think about that, our country was 232 years old in, in 2007. So it took us 232 years to accumulate $9 trillion in debt. 12 years after that, it had grown to $23 trillion, 149% increase. But that was 2012. Two years later, excuse me, not 2012, sorry, 12 years later, which was 2020, okay, just before COVID, so February of 2020. It grew by 140, an additional 149% one from 9 to 23. In the last two years, we've gone from 23 to 30, 225% increase. So you can see, one, we're not limiting our expenses. Two, they're growing faster, partly because of COVID, nothing than they've ever grown. And if, if that's one of the two levers that we have as a country to fund what we are going to do, and, and if we're not reducing expenses, which clearly we're not, then the only other avenue to balance our books, which we have to do at some point, is going to be raise income. And the only income the country has is taxes. And so if you can help people get their money out of the tax wash today with a top marginal rate at 37%, most people don't know, for 16 out of 30 years during the 40s, 50s, and 60s, the top marginal tax rate was 90% or above. We're at 37% today. So don't think it can't go back higher. Um, and if we can help people do that at a, a tax rate that's relatively low, you know, historically speaking, um, and not have them have to worry about what the future does, that is a win. And so anyway, there's a long answer there, but I think there's just so much in there that I want to communicate to people because, you know, if you ask people, do you think taxes are going to be higher or lower in the future? Virtually everyone will tell you higher. Well, if they believe that, then why are they doing what they're doing? Why are they contributing to a tax-qualified plan? Well, they're, meaning they're, they haven't paid any tax on it today, but they're going to pay tax on all of it, the contribution and the gain at whatever tax rate is in the future. That doesn't make sense. No, I, I agree. I think it's it's very interesting, and that was kind of leading where I was going with this, and that I think your books are more prevalent and more relevant today than they were at the time they were written. Right. We've had Appreciate a 12-year yes. bull run. We typically have some kind of market correction every six years going back through history. So we're double yeah. that length right now. 
right? And then, you know, on the taxation, we know whether you voted for him or not, Trump, the Trump tax cuts end in a couple of years. So it's already written in the tax code. They're going back up a little bit. It's just how much more are they going to go above that? And, and so I think it, it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of foresight maybe at the time, but in, in where we're going to be and that we're here now. And if you're making these financial decisions and, and retirement is um, close enough that you can see the top of the hill versus the bottom, you know, you really want to start planning on these things. And mm. Um, and taking advantage of this because we're at some tipping points. Now, no one knows what the market's going to do short term, but we do know markets go up and down. Um, And we do know taxes are going to be going up. So let's do some planning today uh, and help get you in a situation where you can enjoy retirement, enjoy the things that you want to do in retirement, and that you don't wake up watching your market account every day or your bank account to make sure that the money's going to be there and that you can go take that trip to Europe, wherever it is that you're, that you're trying to go. Um, if anyone out there would like a copy of either Patrick's tax-free retirement or stress-free retirement, um, we have picked up a number of copies to mail out to anyone. You can uh, contact me via email at Keith at steadfastwealthstrategies.com. Uh, you can give us a call at 832 506 9034. We're on LinkedIn. You can go to our website at steadfastws.com. Reach out to us. We'd love to get a copy in your hand. Get the information that you need to make the best decision uh, for your retirement. We want to help educate everybody so that then they can make the best decision. Um, We really don't like telling people what to do just to do it and trust us. Uh, We really want to educate you and give you guys the knowledge um, to make the decisions and empower yourselves uh, for your retirement. So, Hey, Patrick, I, I told you we'd keep this to about 30 minutes. I think we're almost right there. Um, I really appreciate you doing this. This has been a lot of fun, uh, and a great honor for me. Uh, so thanks for jumping on the, the, my two cents podcast. Thank you for listening to my two cents with Keith Beggs. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All securities discussed are offered and provided through steadfast financial planning, LLC. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and or qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This podcast is not intended to provide specific investment, financial planning, tax, or legal advice. It is intended for educational purposes only. Please consult your tax advisor, financial advisor, or legal professional for specific advice on your specific situation.